Well, I was born someone who cannot stand to be told what to do. So <laughs> that kind of set me on my path of becoming an entrepreneur. Um, I just remember being a little kid and my mom telling me like, you need to go make your bed and just getting so mad being told what to do. So I've always had that um, part of me that just is like, I'm doing my stuff. <laughs> so, and then I think another big piece of that is I, I grew up with um, no television and I had to just entertain myself with hundreds and hundreds of books. So I really learned how to get the information I needed so I could apply it. Heroes are an inspiring group of people. Every one of them from the larger than life comic book heroes you see on the big silver screen, the everyday heroes that let us live the privileged lives we do. Every hero has a story to tell. From the doctor saving lives at your local hospital, to the war veteran down the street who risked his life for our freedom, to the police officers and the firefighters who risk their safety to ensure ours. Every hero is special and every story worth telling. But there is one class of heroes that I think is often ignored. The entrepreneur, the creator, the producer. The ones who look at the problems in this world and think to themselves, you know what? I can fix that. I can help people. I can make a difference. Then they go out and do exactly that by creating a new product or introducing a new service. Some go on to change the world. Others make a world of difference to their customers. Welcome to The Hero Show. Join us as we pull back the masks on the world's finest heropreneurs and learn the secrets to their powers, their success, and their influence. So you can use those secrets to attract more sales, make more money, and experience more freedom in your business. I'm your host, Richard Matthews, and we are on in three, two, one. Oh, welcome back to the Hero Show. My name is Richard Matthews, and today I have the pleasure of having on the line Gail Wood. Gail, are you there? Yes, thanks so much for having me. Awesome. I'm glad to have you here. Um, I know we were just talking before we got on. You're coming in from uh, North Carolina. Has it started to uh, warm up over there yet, or are you still getting the, the snow? Uh, it's warm right now, but maybe snow this weekend. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was talking to a friend of mine who's in uh, um, Amarillo, Texas this morning, and they got like tornado warnings and a foot of snow last night. Um, and then we're over here in, in, uh, in the desert and it's warm and sunny here. So yep. I'm ready for that. I'm over it. <laughs> <laughs> you go over, over the winter. Winter takes too long anyways. Um, but you know, the time changed. So that means we're on our, on our way to good stuff. Yeah. Um, so for those of you following along with my, my wife and I's travels on this podcast, we are, uh, we are moved out of Southern California. We're back on the road again. We're in uh, Arizona and on our way up the, uh, the Rocky mountains. Um, so we're starting off here in the southern part of um of arizona on the colorado river um so that's where we're at and gail what i wanted to do before we get too far into this is just do a brief introduction to you so my audience who doesn't know you can get a little bit to know you and they'll just dive into your story um so gail wood is a massage and spa professional with only over 25 years of experience in the industry you graduated massage school at 19 to open your very own day spa and therapeutic massage center in 2003 as you ran for six years in 2013 you launched your first online business um, and you're the co-host and co-founder of Global Wellness Professionals Marketing Summits and the Work Freedom Summit. Um, and to date, you've created over 60 successful online courses, launched popular massage and spa marketing club co or content clubs, written and self-published more than 15 eBooks, created a library of invaluable resources for massage, beauty, and spa professionals, such as the popular massage and spa resource bundle. And you have created a mastermind called the Elevate, Elevate Mastermind, which is a program for people who want to learn how about adding an online income stream to their business. So you've done a lot. And what I want to start with is why don't you tell me a little bit about what you are known for, right? What's your business like now? Who do you serve? What do you do for them? 
Yeah, so currently I've kind of transitioned to a different business called Elevate with Gail. And that's where I just focus on helping people to live the life that they want by making small changes. And so a part of that is often having some kind of online income stream so that you can have the freedom to travel like you do and to just have more time to do the things that are important to you. So yes, yeah, so I'm doing a lot of different things in, in that area now. In 2021, I wrote six new books. My goal wow. for 2021 was 12 new books, but I never would have gotten to six without that goal of 12. <laughs> um, That's amazing. And so, yeah, so I'm just really in kind of transition and launch mode for, for my new business. Yeah. Are you still running the spa and massage stuff as well? Um, like as you sort of transition to the elevator, did you drop all of that? You're just going full tilt into the elevate. I finally dropped it. I had a final sale and closed the doors on January 3rd. Wow. So just recently closed everything. Mm -hmm. Did you actually sell the, sell the business completely? I have sold some parts of the business that were not too much me. <laughs> so I didn't sell like classes that are me teaching on video, but I sold the marketing content and things that somebody else could take and run with. So I'm excited about that. And I'm also mentoring those people to help them be successful. Right, with so that. before we get too far into your story, I want to find out since you just sold a business, Mm -hmm. Is there anything you would have done differently right off the bat after having gone through a sale process to make your business ready for sale? Um, probably not. And that is because I also sold my spa many years ago. So I kind of had an idea of, of what I wanted to, um, to accomplish. Do with it. Yeah. What I wanted to yeah, accomplish. So you were like already through been through that process before yeah it's interesting because you know a lot of a lot of people want to build a business that's sellable and they don't mm -hmm. exactly know what what they have to do because they'll get to a point and realize like hey you didn't build a business that's sellable because it's too dependent on you yeah. for it um so it's yeah it's, so my best piece of advice would point. be to really run things under like the business name and not so much your name yeah so you have something more sellable so <laughs> What I want to get into then is your origin story, right? Every good comic book hero has an origin story. And that's the thing that made them into the hero they are today. And we want to hear that story. Were you born a hero? You know, were you, uh, um, you know, bit by a radioactive spider that made you want to get into massage therapy? Or did you start and start in a job and eventually become an entrepreneur? Basically, where did you come from? Well, I was born someone who cannot stand to be told what to do. So that kind of set me on my path of becoming an entrepreneur. Um, I just remember being a little kid and my mom telling me like, you need to go make your bed and just getting so mad being told what to do. So I've always had that um, part of me that just is like, I'm doing my stuff. <laughs> so, and then I think another big piece of that is I, I grew up with, um, no television. And I had to just entertain myself with hundreds and hundreds of books. So I really learned how to get the information I needed so I could apply it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's really interesting. So you, um, you grew up without books and you grew up with that sort of entrepreneur 
mindset of not like, I, I remember my first job, I hated it because they kept telling me what I had to do and I didn't want to do it that way. I eventually yeah. got fired from like my first job for that reason. Um, Cause I'm not, I'm not very employable myself either. Um, but I'm curious, what made you want to get into the massage business as a first foray into business? Yeah. So honest, it was really, I guess my aha moment was when I got my first massage. I was working cleaning people's houses and I was cleaning at a bed and breakfast and the massage therapist said, would you come clean my house and I'll give you a massage. So I always like to try new things and that sounded kind of fun. And this was back in the early nineties before massage was really um, mainstream. And so I got this massage and that was absolutely, I guess, as you said, when I was bit by a spider, <laughs> because I knew right then and there, that's what I'm going to do. I want to make people feel that amazing. And I also knew it was a path to working for myself and doing my own thing and setting my own schedule. So how did you go from getting in the massage space to learning about online marketing and growing your massage practice online marketing, helping other massage parlors do the same thing? Yes. Yeah, so throughout my years of growing and building my massage business, I needed to learn about marketing and I just loved it. It just lit me up. I thought it was so exciting and fun and creative. Um, and I realized, well, other people in this industry do not love marketing. In fact, they hate it. <laughs> So, so around 2013, I was um, working a lot of hours at the spa and taking care of my two kids. And I was just feeling really burning the candle at both ends. I was tired and I was like, I, I got to do something else. And I started seeing on online these ebooks and workbooks and online classes popping up like on my Facebook newsfeed. And I just thought, you know what? I bet I could do that. And um, I started a little blog and just went step by step. Yeah. And then you started helping massage studios all over the world with uh, their marketing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So my first, I, I started with marketing and then also just helping therapists see ways they could make more money, like rebooking their clients more effectively, doing add-on services like spa services. So I started teaching all, all three of those things. And, um, and it was all about, you know, I can help you make more money and everybody wants to hear that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so what made you want to uh, change gears this year where you, you shut that business down and moved into your Elevate Mastermind? You know, just, I just think on the path of life, we're always growing and we're always changing. And after um, nine years of teaching in the massage industry, I just thought, you know what I've said, what I have to say here, I've had a lot of fun, but it's time for my next step. And, and you know, it's time for new people to come up in the massage industry and do their business. So, <laughs> so since you're getting this new business off the ground and starting, why don't you tell me right off the bat, what is it that you want to accomplish? Who do you want to help with the Elevate group? Well, I really want to help other moms like myself who are saying, you know, is this is this all there is there? Can there be another way for me to make money and to, you know, share, share what I know. Um, and so that's really my, my target audience is, you know, people who are, are saying, 
like I was, hey, I wonder if I could do that. I wonder if I could start an online business. And throughout the pandemic, a lot of my massage therapists on my list were saying, Gail, I want to teach. I want to do what you're doing. Can you help us? So it kind of just evolved. Nice, nice. And what is your, what's your main program that you have with that, that, uh, that business? With the Elevate Mastermind? So the first one that I recommend people start with is I have an eight-week course where you just kind of get your ideas organized and start the steps to, to building the foundation for an online business. So getting a website and coming up with your first idea for a product figuring out how you're going to take payments, all those little details. So it's called eight-week um, dream business creation. Nice. And um, that's just a, 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 a like a self-study online course, or is it like a group workshop mastermind? What, what kind of course is it? So what I usually do is I teach a class live the first time, and then it goes into my mastermind program for, for self-study. So sometimes I'll rerun a course um, with a live Q and A's and everything attached. And sometimes I'll just leave it there for people to go through on their own. There's, yeah, absolutely. That's super cool. Yeah. There's <laughs> so many different things you can do once you create a course. And that's one thing I love to teach about is once you've created something, like there's so many different things you can do with it. And that was one of my biggest aha moments in my massage and spa success businesses you know, feeling like, oh my gosh, I created this course and only 20 people signed up and I worked really hard for just that much money, but then going, wait a minute, no, I can sell this for the next five years or 10 years. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I love about yeah, online business. A, you created an asset. It. <laughs> yeah. You created an asset for your business. Mm -hmm. So you've had quite a, uh, a journey over the last uh, 20 years for your, your business. What I want to find out is, um, if you have discovered your own superpower in business, right? We talk, you know, every iconic hero has a superpower, whether that's a fancy flying suit made by the genius intellect, or maybe the ability to call down thunder from the sky. In the real world, heroes have what I call a zone of genius, which is either a skill or a set of skills that you were born with, you developed over the course of your career. I mean, it really sets you apart, right? And it allows you to help your people slay their villains and come out on top in their journeys. And so you have a superpower. We want to know what it is. And the way I like to frame it is if you look at all the skills that you've developed, there's probably a common thread that ties all those skills together. Um, and that's that common thread is probably where your superpower is. So what do you think your superpower is in business? Well, I think my superpower is just consistency and not, not giving up. Yeah, six books in a year is pretty consistent. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And all that, but all that takes is getting up and spending 30 minutes a day and being consistent. So, and just, e you know, emailing my list very consistently and just everything I do, I'm like, well, if it's worth doing, it's worth doing pretty much daily. Yeah. Yeah. I had a, a mentor of mine say that uh, if it's worth doing, it's worth dedicating the next 10 years of your life to, mm -hmm. um, and made the comparison to like parenting, right? If you commit to being a parent, you're going to be a parent for 20 years, right? If it's worth doing, it's worth committing to. Yeah. Um, yeah. And why don't we treat all of our business commitments the same way we treat our family commitments that we're like, Hey, I'm here for the long game. Yeah. Um, and it's when you take that long game commitment that you really are capable of doing the consistency and doing the stuff that really lets you win in the long term. It's not easy when you're like, it's not working. It's not working. It's not working. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> but, I've been, you know, but you have to believe that on some level it is working. <laughs> I've been blown away by what I have been able to accomplish in 13 years of business. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, I've been in business longer than that, but like I, I count like my, when I got married to my wife as a, uh, like a, a big transition period and deciding like, Hey, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. Um, and been very consistent over those 10 years to go from essentially, you know, a, a poor wannabe entrepreneur, like eat crackers kind of like entrepreneur to traveling the world with my family over 13 years and being world-class in my space. Um, like that it takes time, but it's amazing how much you can accomplish if you put in the consistent work over the long period of time. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so, so I just did a lot of, you know, just $5 a day, Facebook ads year in and year out, you know, just kept the, the consistency going. So what did you run the ads to? Just just uh, like your eBooks that you write or anything particular? So I ran my ads to my, my free opt-in and just built my list. Yeah. And I'm not currently doing Facebook ads. It's changed a lot in the past few years. So I'm looking at, okay, well, what can I do consistently next? So I'm really looking at Pinterest ads my next interest ads have you looked at tiktok ads at all i hear those are doing really well a couple of clients we have that are using them are doing that are doing good stuff with tiktok ads i have not yet but i'm not close-minded to it (laughs) (laughs) might be worth checking out if you're looking for new ad platforms Mm because tiktok just overtook google as the most visited site on the world oh wow uh, which is crazy yeah 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 so if consistency is your superpower then the flip side of every superpower is generally the fatal flaw and just like every Superman has their kryptonite or Wonder Woman can't remove her bracelets of victory without going mad, you probably have a flaw, something that's held you back, something that you struggled with. For me, I struggled with a couple of things. I struggled with perfectionism for a long time, kept me from actually like shipping product. Um, so, you know, I could always tweak something else before I'd you know, bring it to market. Um, and I also struggled for a long time with lack of self-care, which generally manifested in not having good boundaries with my clients and not having good boundaries with my time. So, you know, I work myself to death. Um, I once even decided I would, I would see if I could go, how long I could go without sleeping so I could just work more. Um, just in case you're wondering, it's about three days before you're puking in the bushes. Um, so I don't suggest that. <laughs> um, I definitely suggest taking care of yourself. Um, but I think more important than the flaw is how have you worked to overcome it so that um, our audience might learn a little bit from your experience? Yeah, I'd say my biggest one is imposter syndrome. And just thinking that everybody knows more than me and, you know, like, oh, I'm just a little massage therapist. What do I have to say? And even just downplaying, you know, like, well, I wrote these books, but they're probably not very good. (laughs) So I do, I struggle with that a lot. And, you know, just having to step up and be like, yeah, I think my stuff is pretty good. I think it could help people. And Uh, I think that's played into a lot of me um, charging, not charging quite enough in my businesses. And so, you know, we all have our stuff to work on and work through. But the more, the more I got out there and helped people and got good feedback and um, testimonials and just people saying like, you know, you're just reading your blog has helped me so much. That does help to, to build up your confidence, but it's something I continue to work on. 
Yeah, I think it's something a lot of us entrepreneurs struggled with. I mean, it's a lot of things, you know, like everyone struggles with. My wife even tells me she struggles with, you know, imposter syndrome over whether or not she's a good mom. Um, mm-hmm. And it's interesting because if, if you were actually an imposter, you probably wouldn't have imposter syndrome, right? right? Exactly. <laughs> um, You'd be overly confident. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So generally speaking, the, the way that, you, that I've found overcoming imposter syndrome is it's a couple of things. It's one, it's examining your skills, right? Like, do you actually have the skill that you're thinking you're an imposter about? And if you do, you can, you can look at the results that you've gotten and be like, oh, look, I actually, you know, this is just something in my head. It's not actually a yeah. reality. Um, and then to your point, one of the things I like to do is I keep a, uh, I have a, a little tag of testimonials to my photo library. Um, so mm-hmm. every time I get testimonials, I take a screenshot of them and I have them all tagged with testimonial. And if I'm ever like feeling it, I just go into my yeah. photo library and just type in a little search for testimonials and I'll just read them. Mm-hmm. I'll spend an afternoon reading all the testimonials I have. Um, and I was like, I know testimonials are supposed to be used for like helping you close sales on your sales pages, but I'm like, really, they help me to just be like, hey, like I've helped all these people. I actually yeah. am doing good work. Yeah, um, especially on those so. days where maybe somebody's asking for a refund or <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not yeah. the best day uh, or you got some comments or something like that. Um, but yeah. yeah and-, and it's, go ahead. Definitely working on, on your beliefs, you know, like, oh, I wonder why I believe that. And I think getting into that kind of like curious mindset too is a good way to address it. Instead of being like, oh gosh, something's wrong with me. I don't have any self-confidence. Just be like, oh, I wonder why I'm feeling like this. Yeah. And then you, you discover, you discover that maybe, maybe you don't actually have anything to be an imposter over because you're actually doing good work or maybe you'll discover like maybe I should do a little bit more work here so I don't feel that I'm Mm -hmm. not doing a good job for my clients you might discover someplace you could do better so it's a great way to approach it (laughs) so go ahead sorry (laughs) I was gonna say you're uh um if you're so you know superpower consistency fatal flaws that uh is is that uh imposter syndrome and I know that's something that a lot of us have struggled with um what I want to talk about is your common enemy, right? And this has to do with the clients, let's say in your business now, right? The ones that you're working with help them grow their online business. And, you know, every superhero has an arch nemesis, right? It's the thing that they're constantly having to fight against in their world. Um, and in the world of business, it takes a lot of forms, but we like to talk in terms of your clients. It's a mindset that they have that you constantly have to fight to overcome so that you can actually help them get the results that they came to you for, right? So if you had your magic wand and as soon as someone, you know, read your blog or bought your product or got into your course, you could just bop them on the head and remove that mindset. What is that common enemy that you see? And the common enemy is probably that, you know, that it's, it's complicated, it's hard. Um, only people that have a lot of technical skills can do this, you know, just that, that idea that it's, it's difficult to do anything, marketing, um, raising your prices in your business, starting an online business, starting something new, teaching a class, like we can just overcomplicate everything. And so, you know, what, what I love to do is just say, okay, but let's break it down. Let's just look at the first step and let's just start there. And we're not going to worry about any of the rest of it. So, yeah, it's that the whole micro completion thing, right? Complete mm-hmm. something small and yeah. stack your completions together. And that ends up being a big business. 
-hmm. And I don't like one of the things that I've noticed is like people, people talk about it being complicated, being hard. And, you know, I work with some pretty large organizations at this point, they're doing several million dollars in sales and online purchases and whatnot. And you take a look at their funnels and take a look at their back ends and like, not everything works. It's not all perfect. Right. Yeah. And it's not all put together, like exactly the way that it, you know, the, you know, the most ideal way possible. Um, and you realize that like, that's just sort of the nature of things. And we look at it like, it's super complicated. Therefore I can't do it, but you know, you don't have to do it perfectly. You don't even have to do it well. Like if you just right. do it, like you can like momentum and yeah. course correct along the way. I mean, I was in business five years before I even had a funnel. I just yeah. got people on my email list and then I just emailed them. And then I finally built a funnel and I was like, oh my gosh, I should have done this years ago. But what I was doing was working. <laughs> so yeah, it's like, yeah. well, yeah. like funnels are nice, but you don't have to have one. There's nothing you have to have. There's yeah. always multiple ways to do things. Yeah. And you don't have to, it doesn't have to be more complex than you want, right? I know, I know a guy who, uh, his entire business, he runs a multi-million dollar business. And the only thing he does is he has a single opt-in for his email newsletter that he promotes on with ads and he sends mm -hmm. emails. That's it. Yeah. Sold business. And I'm like, that's <laughs> super easy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So your common enemy is the complexity. The flip side of your common enemy is of course your driving force, right? Your common enemy is what you fight against. Your driving force is what you fight for. So just like Spider-Man fights to save New York or Batman fights to save Gotham, um, or Google fights to index and categorize all the world's information. I want to know what it is that you fight for in your business. Yeah, I fight for um, just seeing everybody reaching their full potential and reaching their goals in, in, in every area of life. Because I think we can often kind of, you know, like I've had times in my life where I've been reaching my business goals, but like you said, like my health wasn't optimum because I was working too much or, you know, my family life was um, not what it should be because I was focusing on my work. So, you know, so reaching your full potential and having that in every, every area of life. Yeah, that's really fascinating too. I know one of the, uh, the things that I've always struggled with is the uh, um, metaphor that people use for work-life balance you know, the, the whole legal scale thing and people are like, here's work over here and here's your life over here. And you have to try and get them to be like, balanced out. And I've always thought that was kind of ridiculous um, because it's not really the way the world works. No. Um, and you'll never really achieve work-life balance. And so I, I think it's not, at least not that way. And I think it's a metaphor problem, not a reality problem, if that makes sense. So yeah. the metaphor I give people is that, that if you look at it instead of a scale that you're trying to balance out and then failing when you realize you can't balance the scales, look at it instead as a rubber band where you have periods of time where you're stretching the rant, where you're working really hard to accomplish something. Maybe that's a product launch or a book writing or, you know, a funnel launch or some portion of your, your life, or maybe it's a health goal, right? I'm working to lose 30 pounds or gain 30 pounds, which is what I did last year. I tried to, you know, gain 20 pounds of muscle, which I succeeded at, but you stretch, right? You have, mm -hmm. you have periods of time where you're stretching the rubber band, but there's a limit, right? Yeah. If you continue to stretch, you'll break the rubber band and then it won't go anywhere. But if you stretch it out just enough, and when you release, you get a lot of forward momentum, right? Because you can shoot the rubber band. And the stage after the progress is the rubber band comes back to rest. And you sort of have to have both of those where you have this, the, the periods of work and the periods of rest, and you have to go back and forth between them. Because um, if you just continue to work, 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 you'll snap. And if you just rest, 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 you never have any forward momentum. Yeah. 
And that's why I like to, one thing I like to talk about is like, what qualities do you want in your life? You know, like if I want the quality of like, I have a great relationship with my kid, well, what does that look like? And that doesn't mean I have to spend time with them every single day. It just, you know, it's like picking out what, what it would look like to you. Yeah. Your perfect day. How many kids yeah. do you have, by the way? You mentioned you were a mom. Yeah. I have two kids. Nice. My, I have four. How old are yours? 24 and 14. Okay. So you got, you have, you made an adult. Congratulations. I don't have yes. any of those yet. Mine are uh, <laughs> three, five, eight, and 12. It's hard to imagine them ever adulting at those ages. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I am uh my my oldest is, you know, hitting that that like early teenager stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's like having a, a a little irresponsible adult in your house. It's weird. Yeah. <laughs> and, well, you're in for an you know. adventure, but <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I'm sure. I'm sure, but he uh he's he's just the greatest thing ever. So um hopefully it'll the whole next season of life where you, you know, I guess, cause we, I've had little kids my whole life, not my whole life, but this whole last chapter has all been little mm -hmm. kids. And we're I'm moving into this next stage of having like, I don't know. They're like, it's that transition into adulthood. Yeah. Um, so yeah. it's like a whole new chapter. Yeah. You'll love like the different phases. Like when you're like, oh my gosh, I can leave my kids home alone. That's really freeing. <laughs> I know. They, like, so my, my son is 12 and we have, we have three little girls. Mm -hmm. um and the youngest one is three and she is just head over heels in love with her older brother like he's Aww. the coolest thing that ever happened and so there's like in her order of like life there's like her brother and then her mom and then like her sisters and then all the peasants and then dad um so like that's how her ranking goes um but the uh um it's, it's always cracked me up because like he's to the age where he can like babysit now mm -hmm. and they all just love staying with him. They love, they love hanging out with him. Like we can go out to dinner. Yeah. <laughs> like we have like a built-in babysitter because they all After love him. Like 10 years of not being able to do that. It feels pretty amazing. Yeah, um, yeah, it does. When my son was little, he thought every family had a mom, a dad, and a grace. And he looked and at me grace. one day and a grace, that's his sister. And he, oh, yeah. we were with this other family. He said, mama, where is their grace? <laughs> I thought was super oh, that's funny. I remember my son, he was three and a half, four at the time, and he didn't have any younger siblings. And because we have a hard time making babies, it's worked out all right, but we have a hard mm -hmm. time with it. Um, and he was all upset because all of his friends had little sisters and he didn't. And yeah. he's like, what? How come I don't have a little sister? Um, and it's funny because now he's got three little sisters. And I was like, yeah. you wished too hard, son. Be careful. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or as, as like, my daughter would sometimes now? call her little brother, a little life ruiner. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, this, I know this is like totally tangent wise, but you know, um, my, my wife and I, we tease that children, the acronym for children is children are gross, G-R-O-S-S-S. -S. So they're great ruiners of sleep, sex, and silence. <laughs> that is very true. <laughs> <laughs> Cause you'll never, you'll never have a silent day again. Uh, once you have and they're gross. The children. stuff they spill in the car, like they're they're gross too. <laughs> yeah, all the time. Like my my uh my children came back from um from yesterday playing at the park, and I was like, it's like they changed they changed um their race from like little Caucasian kids to little dirt monsters. Yeah. Um, and they because they were just 
head to toe they were completely brown from dirt um and i was like we had to like hose them off outside yeah or we'd let them inside because they were you know I, I don't know what they did in the dirt but it's like rolled around in it and caked themselves with it but you know it's the way they are <laughs> so I want to talk then a little bit about um, some practical things in your business, right? And I call this section of the show the hero's tool belt. And, you know, it's like every superhero has their uh, tool belt with awesome gadgets, like their batarangs or their web slingers or their laser eyes, or, you know, Thor's got his big magical hammer that he can fly with. I want to know the top one or maybe two tools that you couldn't live without in your business. It could be anything from your notepad, your calendar, to your marketing tools, to something you use for product delivery, anything you think is essential to getting your job done. You know, I think the biggest thing is my imagination and giving myself space each day to work on new ideas. Like if you're going to create 60 courses in just a few years, that's, you've got to have new ideas bubbling up and, and time, time to create. So it's really easy to wake up in the morning and get up on, on the computer and start looking at emails and did anything sell while you were asleep at night and <laughs> checking customer support. But I think my biggest tool is to give myself some, just some space each day to, you know, so let ideas can you, bubble up. Can you walk us through how you, how you do that? Like, cause, cause you are incredibly prolific with courses and books and stuff like that. And I imagine a lot of people, myself included, wonder how, how they can, you know, even do half of what you do from a creative perspective. Like what, what's, what sort of your process? So I, I think my process is I read a lot and I, I learn a lot. I take a lot of classes myself. So I always have new good stuff coming in. And then I try to spend just some quiet time each day. Usually it's going for a walk and leaving my phone at home. <laughs> and then I do focused, um, journaling and idea generating so i'll just be like what's next i need 10 ideas for a book and i'll just try to brainstorm 10 ideas for a book or 10 ideas for my next course and at the same time i'm kind of watching and listening like you know what are my clients mentioning recently you know what's coming up for them what are people saying in my facebook group that they need help with uh, what are they talking about um my marketing content club, which is definitely my most successful program ever, came from my marketing boot camp where I was like, you guys, here's you know what you need to do. You need to have a social media strategy and you need to send email newsletters. And they're like, well, that's great, Gail, but who has time to create all this content? And I was like, I do, and I'll sell it to you. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. you know, just kind of a lot of times one thing will lead to the next thing. But I think, you know, just give yourself that space to have a clear head and, and listen and don't um, shoot your own ideas down. You're going to have a lot of ideas. They won't all be good, but some of the ones yeah. I didn't know were going to be popular. More, more ad paths, right? You have, to, you have to show up and put more buy buttons out there and see what yeah. works, right? Because mm -hmm. you, I, I was reading a book by uh, Alex Ramosi and he's like, you know, the entrepreneurs who really succeed are the ones, you know, they'll, they'll put a thousand offers out and yeah. they'll find one that knocks it out of the park. Yeah. Right? And if and something's a big flop, you know, you can roll it into a bonus with a different course or 
stick it in your free opt-in, like, because I don't create anything I don't think is important, but not everything that I think is important is really what people want to buy. Yeah. So it's kind of that whole sell people what they want and then give them what they need. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So when I try uh, to sell them what they need, sometimes it kind of doesn't. Like, oh, it's, not, it's not sexy enough. I don't want that. Right. <laughs> it's not shiny enough. Yeah. Um, and it's very true. Like I have, I have a, uh, uh, program that teaches people how to structure content, mm -hmm. right? So like how to, like how to structure content for a book or for, um, a webinar. Um, and like, it, it gives you, it teaches you the mindset behind how you outline persuasive content. Mm -hmm. Um, and which is a very, it's a very unique thing. And it's also super powerful. And everyone I've ever shared it with has been like, I never knew I needed this. And then once they have it, they're like, I use it on everything, but no one will ever buy it right. because it's not the kind of thing that they think they want. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah, it's I, the I kind of thing that like, that. I have to sell other things and then show that to him in the process. Yeah, I did a program. I did writing to sell in your massage or spa business. I was like, this is great writing to sell. I'm going to teach copywriting. N nobody bought it. Nobody wanted it, but I'm, they don't I want put that. it. I put it on as a bonus with almost everything after that. I was like, well, you need this. <laughs> yeah. You're going to need to know this information, right? That's the same kind yeah. of thing, right? I just have, I've built a framework. That's how to do persuasive teaching essentially yeah. and persuasive writing. Um, and it gives you a, uh, an outline, like how to outline courses and how to outline webinars and how mm -hmm. to outline anything you want really following a, a really tried and true, like psychology background on how you actually write this kind of stuff. And I love it. And I use it like, every day. And I, we use it for writing ads and we use it for writing email sequences. We use it just, just constantly. I use it for writing homepages, how you write your about page story. It's over and over and over again. It's like an ad nauseum kind of thing. And I, I couldn't, I couldn't sell it to save my life <laughs> because nobody wants it. So it's, an interesting... it's just in the name. It could be like your million dollar template and then everybody would buy it. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I've tried a bunch. We'll have to see. Maybe I can come up with something good at some point. Um, but yeah, I totally get it that, you know, you, you create everything. You just have to have more at best. You got to find the stuff that really connects with your audience. Right. And then the stuff that connects, that's the, you know, sell them what they want and then give them what they need. Right. So you can give them, give them, you know, whether it's bonuses or, um, you know, mastermind group coaching calls or tools like I've got, um, yeah. you can, you can give them the things that are important. So. Yeah. And now a quick word from our show's sponsor. Hey there, fellow podcaster. Having a weekly audio and video show on all the major online networks that builds your brand, creates fame and drives sales for your business doesn't have to be hard. I know it feels that way because you've tried managing your show internally and realize how resource intensive it can be. You felt the pain of pouring eight to 10 hours of work into just getting one hour of content published and promoted all over the place. You see the drain on your resources, but you do it anyways because you know how powerful it is. Heck, you've probably even tried some of those automated solutions and ended up with stuff that makes your brand look cheesy and cheap. That's not helping grow your business. Don't give up though. The struggle ends now. Introducing Push Button Podcasts, a done-for-you service that will help you get your show out every single week without you lifting a finger after you've pushed that stop record button. We handle everything else, uploading, editing, transcribing, writing, research, graphics, publication, and promotion, all done by real humans who know, understand, and care about your brand 
almost as much as you do. Empowered by our own proprietary technology, our team will let you get back to doing what you love while we handle the rest. Check us out at pushbuttonpodcast.com forward slash hero for 10% off the lifetime of your service with us and see the power of having an audio and video podcast growing and driving micro celebrity status and business in your niche without you having to lift more than a finger to push that stop record button. Again, that's pushbuttonpodcast.com forward slash hero. See you there. And now back to the hero show. Cool. Well, then I want to talk a little bit about your own personal heroes. Right. Every um, every hero has their mentors. You know, Frodo had Gandalf, Luke had Obi Wan Kenobi, Robert Kiyosaki had his rich dad. Even Spider Man had his Uncle Ben. Um, if you watch the newest movie, it wasn't Uncle Ben; it was Aunt May. Um, but who were some of your heroes? Were they real life mentors? Maybe peers, um, speakers, authors? Um, you know, and how important were they to what you've accomplished so far in your career? Yeah. So I'd say um, Leonie Dawson. She was kind of. Um, teaching online business for hippies back when I started out online and I really resonated with her. I was like, oh, that, if she can do it, I can do it. Nice. <laughs> um, and then a lady named Kat Laterzo. And she's the one that kind of helped me learn that like, you know, you don't have to have everything done ahead of time. You can write a sales page and launch it and then create all the content. And that was a huge turning point in my business. Um, yeah. and I was like, oh, I can just put stuff out there and start selling it and then create it. So, um, James Altucher with the idea generating his podcast. Yeah. I love his podcast, his show on prime, um, and then his books. So that's where I really was like, oh, I'm going to do this focused idea generating process and build my idea muscle. So I kind of, I learned that from him. And then um, Dr. Wayne Dyer, he's just my go-to anytime I'm feeling a bit low, I put in my Dr. Wayne Dyer audios and, and he's like, like a reassuring dad. <laughs> Help you on your way. Yeah. I've always been, um, I always, it's always my favorite question to ask on these podcasts mm -hmm. is just because I love to see where people get their influence from, like who's influencing them. And you know, like, it always pops into my head. I was like, I always wonder, am I doing the kind of work that if someone else asked that question, my name would come up, mm -hmm. right? Am I, am I worthy of that? Um, and I always like to think through, through that as I'm, uh, as I'm doing my work, am I acting in a kind of way that I might be the hero in someone else's story? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure you are. I hope so. I try. <laughs> <laughs> and we know you are, you've got a, uh, you got clients all over the place that have been, been following, following your work, helping build their business. Um, so I want to talk a little bit then about your guiding principles, right? So one of the things that makes heroes heroic is that they live by a code. For instance, Batman never kills his enemies. He only ever brings them to Arkham Asylum. So as we wrap up the interview, get near the end here, I'm going to talk about the top one or maybe two principles that you use regularly in your life? Maybe something you wish you had known when you started out in your own massage parlor at 19 years old. Yeah, um, I definitely, because I had two failed massage businesses before I figured out what I didn't know, <laughs> which was yeah. marketing and business skills and started learning those, those skills. So, you know, I guess I thought I would just print some business cards and people would come out of the woodwork, but they did not. Yeah. 
So um, I would say getting out of my comfort zone. It always seems to lead to bigger and better things. So the more you can get out of your comfort zone daily, take on things that you think you're not ready for, um, you'll, you'll step into being the person who, who is ready for it. Yeah. I love that. One of my, uh, biggest piece of advice my dad ever gave me, I was asking him about marriage, um, and whether or not I was ready to get married at one point in my life. And he looked at me and he goes, that's the wrong question. Um, and he goes, he goes, um, the essentially the action, the, the act of doing something is what makes you ready. Mm-hmm. Right? Because you'll, you'll never be ready by waiting until you're ready. He's yeah. right. Sometimes he's, you just have to dive in um, because you're never going to know, um, know if you're ready for something until you actually do it. And, you know, I was, I was in the context of marriage, but I, I realized it applies to a lot of things in life and business. Um, and so if you wait until you're ready, you're never do, you'll never do anything. Yeah. And so you have, you know, um, and I had a, a mentor more recently tell me that life begins where your comfort zone ends. Yes, um, I which found is the same, all of same that kind of to, be, to be very true. Like say yes, say I do. And <laughs> yeah, things seem so, to either you learn or you win. That's one that I learned from the wrestling room when my son was a little wrestler. But you either learn or you win. Either yeah, way, I know. Oh, <laughs> I uh, I tell people all the time now. They ask me what my biggest piece of advice in business is, and I was telling them is, is take the risk. The mm-hmm. one that the one that you're vacillating about, the one that you're thinking about, the one you're like, I don't know if I can do this. Do it. Just yeah. do it, and um, you know, jump off the cliff and learn to build the parachute on the way down. Mm-hmm. Right, and that's that's what will force you to create that success muscle. Um, is because, you know. The, the path to success is paved with failure, right? And that's, you know, so, and we, for whatever reason, we've grown up with this whole like failure is bad and I can't do something if it might fail. No, you have to fail a lot to get to the stuff that works really well. So just do it and learn, right? Learn yeah. and then succeed. I hired four new team members this week and all, any practical person looking at my business would be like, you can't afford four new team members this week. But I'm like, but this is what I, this is what I need to do to, to get to the next step. Plus I've learned that I always hired multiple people at once and see who, who rises to the top (laughs) because there's always a percentage that kind of don't show up, don't do anything. And then if you only hired them, you have nobody. (laughs) I have a, uh, had a mentor of mine, um, a number of years ago now. Um, and we were at a mastermind thing. And at the end of the mastermind, he pulls me aside and he goes, he goes, you're, you're your own bottleneck in your business. What I want you to do when you leave here is go back home and hire this person full-time to do this work for you. Um, and I was like, I can't, I can't do that. Like, I don't have the money for it. And he was like, he's like, that's, he's like, that's wrong. And he's like, I can't really explain this to you because you're not going to get it until you do it. He was like, just go out and hire this person. Um, and I was like, but like, like, I don't know how to do that. Like, I can't hire someone that I can't afford. He was like, trust me, do it anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I remember I vacillated on that for three months before I just bit the bullet and did it. And the very next month, our productivity went so far through the roof that we way more than paid for his salary. And I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> now I get it. Exactly. But- you have to leap before you're, you're ready. And I remember years ago talking to my VA on the phone one day and I was like, Hey, I got to go. I'm at work. And she was like, 
you have a day job? And I was like, yeah, how do you think I pay you? <laughs> so, you know, but I just knew I needed that help to get to where I wanted to go and to be able to quit my day job. Yeah, so. I, I, at one point I had a, I had a, uh, I was a director of marketing um, and for a, a big solar company and I hired someone with my salary. I hired a, an assistant, like a virtual assistant. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, I already get a lot of work done, but then I had someone else working for me that what like that the that um you know helping me get things done and i remember my my boss was like you're like 10 employees how the hell do you do that <laughs> like i'll take a raise please <laughs> no it's like because i do things differently than other people yeah um, but yeah it definitely you know you take the risk right so that's a it's a great principle to uh you know to get out and do things before you think you're ready for them well, I think that is a, a great point to wrap our interview, but I do finish every interview with a simple challenge that I call the hero's challenge. And I do this to help get access to stories I might not otherwise find on my own. So the question is simple. Do you have someone in your life or in your network who you think has a cool entrepreneurial story? Who are they? First names are fine. And why do you think they should come share their story on our show? First person that comes to mind for you. Um, my client, Ann Bell. I think she has a great story. Um, she is single. She is a massage therapist for many years. Now she's launching a coaching business. She traveled the world by herself. Um, and I just think that she would be a great person to, to share her story. Awesome. She's well, a great storyteller too. She's, she's really good at, at um, speaking. <laughs> Cool. Well, I will reach out after the interview and see if we can get an introduction. Sometimes they say yes, we get cool stories out of that. Um, and what I want to do here to just wrap us up is, you know, in comic books, there's always the group of people at the end who are clapping and cheering for the acts of heroism. So as we close our analogous to that is, um, I want to know where can people find you if they want your help in the future? Where can they light up the bat signal, so to speak, and say, hey, Gail, we'd like to get your help growing our business and making a, um, small changes to get big improvements, right? And I think more importantly than um, then where people can go is who are the right types of people to reach out and actually light up that bat signal. Yeah. If you, um, if you're just feeling like, I know I can do this, but I'm not sure how to put all the pieces together. I'm not sure how to find the time I want to invest in my business or in the things that I want to do. Um, if you're wanting a change, but you're not even clear on what that might look like. Um, and if you're in startup mode for, for an online business or thinking about starting one, um, head over to my website, elevatewithgale.com and have a look around at my blog posts. See if you think that, that what I'm about and what I teach and share is for you. You can also grab my free ebook. It's called Decluttering Your Schedule. The most common thing I hear from people is I don't have enough time and I think that you do. So in that book, there's a lot of mindset shifts about how we spend our time and just like hiring people in our business before we're ready, sometimes hiring people to bring us our groceries or clean our house is exactly what we need to do so that we can get to the next step or the next place. And so that book takes you through a whole process of auditing your time, really thinking about how valuable your time is and, you know, anything that you don't like doing, creating a plan to let those things go. Yeah, absolutely. 
I know um, I made dramatic shifts with my relationship to time about four or five mm-hmm. years ago. Um, I told you I was trying to like, you know, if, if, if I can get, if working a little bit is good, then working a lot must be great, um, which is a terrible mindset, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I learned that that was a terrible mindset when I tried it. But um, what I found instead works really a lot better is to put restrictions on your time mm-hmm. um, because creativity thrives with restrictions. Yeah. And I have found that when I started going from like, hey, instead of working every day, maybe maybe working just five days and instead of working five days, maybe working four and maybe instead of working full days, maybe we only work half days. And, you know, now I run two businesses on four hours a day, four days a week and travel the rest of the time and hang out with my friends and family and do what I want and make more money than I ever made when I was working 90 hours a week. Yeah, because when you set up those limits, you're like, okay, well, I have to get my stuff done. I can't. I'm not doing it tomorrow because I'm not working tomorrow. So a lot of times we need to set boundaries with ourselves and then also with, you know, with people in our lives and ask for help. You know, I wasn't a, you know, like, I'm just going to do it all and I'm going to run my business and do everything for my kids. And, you know, it was just silly. Like my children have two parents. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's one of my, my wife's favorite lines to my children, because for whatever reason, all the time, any problem they ever have for anything, they always ask her first. And yeah. a lot of times it cracks me up because they will walk past me when I'm obviously not doing anything and completely available to go ask my wife who's in the middle of something and not currently available to help her or something. And she'll look at me like, you have two parents, one of yeah. whom you passed by. <laughs> so, yeah. And so and we can often, sometimes we just do things because we've always done them that way. And it's great to reevaluate every now and again, You're like what's going on here? You know, cause I had things I was doing, you know, cause my husband worked full time and had an employer, but now he's self-employed. And I was like, well, I don't have to do, you know he can leave his office when he wants to. So we really just kind of re rejigged our whole thing that we do here. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so where was the, uh, the name of the blog where they can go to find your stuff again? Yeah, it's Elevate with Gail, and Gail is spelled G-A-E-L dot com. And yeah, that's where you'll find me. Awesome. So elevatewithgail.com, we'll make sure the link to that is in the show notes. And again, if you're looking to grow your business or make some changes, definitely reach out to her, see if um, what she's doing is a good fit for you. Gail, so much. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the show with us today. Do you have any uh, final words of wisdom for my audience before I hit this uh, stop record button? Um, yeah. If you're thinking about doing something, if there's a risk that that you want to take, just bite the bullet. Now, now's the right time. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, Gail. I appreciate having you on today. Yeah, thank you so much.